All right, Haggai, just so you know, he is a post-exile prophet. He's one of the last prophets. He's one that actually holds the office. Now, of course, people are still functioning in the prophetic gifts, even in the time of Jesus, but there is no office of prophet anymore because they've done their job. Uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, they, they were both prophets. Actually, Nehemiah, not so much. Uh, Ezra was a prophet, and the, 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 the idea was is that, okay, we have gone through the exile. You don't need a word from the Lord. We need to get busy and work. Haggai is the same thing. So he's speaking to the people specifically about what they should be doing. Uh, Haggai and uh, Zechariah are very close. He's, he's next week. They're contemporaries. They're probably friends. And yet, they, uh, they're, they're very different. Haggai's very practical. Zechariah, his head is in the clouds. He gets nine visions in one night. There's no visions with Haggai. He's like, let's just get to work, guys. So let's see what he has to say. It's brilliant. Uh, chapter 1, verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say... The time has not come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is time for you yourselves to be living. Excuse me. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while these house while this house remains in ruin? It's talking about the temple. So Haggai, Ezra, Nehemiah, they have all been commissioned after the exile to come back into Jerusalem. Nehemiah builds the wall, fortifies the city. Ezra and Haggai, they're building the temple. And Haggai is, uh, he is after Ezra, after Ezra started the work. Ezra wasn't able to finish the work. Haggai is looking at this, and God is speaking to him, and he says, you need to talk to the people, thus saith the Lord... You're living in paneled houses, ivory-paneled houses. They're probably gorgeous. I wish we could see them. And yet, the temple's in ruins. Verse 5. This is what the Lord Almighty says. You give careful thought to your ways. This is, he says this over and over again. Give careful thought to to your ways. What are your ways? It's what you do. It's how you drive in the car. It's what you do with your money. It's how you spend your time. It's how you prioritize relationships. Who you're hanging out with. Those are your ways. You have planted much, but you have harvested little. Pay attention to this. This is America right here. You have planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. Can I get an amen on that? Right? Well, America is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they cannot get enough. It's an addiction. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. Interesting, huh? You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You're not satisfied deep down inside. 
You go shopping and you get that initial rush of adrenaline or endorphins when you, when you, you get the deal, you get the sale, or whatever, you, you put the clothes on, you look good for a moment, and then are you warm the next day? There's, just, there's, this, there's this something deep down inside that knows that you're just not right, that the temporary doesn't satisfy, that there, you've got to find some eternal. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Can I get an amen? amen? Yes, yes, especially coming off of this season, off the Christmas season, right? You don't have any money because <laughs> your wallet has holes in it and your pants have holes in it. Your bank has a hole in it. It's just gone. And, <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I make a lot of money. Where did it all go? If you don't think you make a lot of money, uh, why don't you go to, to Africa with Pastor in a few months if you don't think you make a lot of money? Right? Uh, go to Mexico with the Santa Marias in a few months if you don't think you make a lot of money. And put things into perspective. It's all about perspective, really. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Think, what, think about what you're doing. Time, money, energy, who you're hanging out with. Again, give careful thought to your ways. He says it again. Now, this is what you do about it. Do you, so if you feel this lack, if you feel like you're just floundering, if you feel like nothing is satisfying, there's, this is like a three-point sermon here. Three major points, classic. Three things that you can do. One, you go to the mountain. I'm going to push the text a little bit. Go to the mountain. Connect with God. In youth group days, it's like you go to youth camp, right? You get high on God up on the mountains, and then you come down off the mountain, and then it's like, you know, then the kids all fall back into their, their original patterns and their, their original routines and whatever. But at some point, at least they had the mountaintop experience, right? So Haggai is saying you need to give careful thought to your ways, and this is what you got to do. It's very practical. For those of you that are practical, here you go. You go to the mountain. Now, in this case, because again, I'm pushing the text a little bit, but in this case, what he's saying is you go to the mountain to get resources. And I'm not talking about like money. I'm talking about spiritual resources, like what your soul needs to prosper. You've got to go to the mountain to get it. Go to the mountain, cut some wood, bring down timber. So that's the second thing you do. You go to the mountain, you cut some wood. You, bring the, you get some timber, right? And that's number two. You actually got to go get the resources and bring them down. Some of us go to the resource and we leave the resource there. We never take it out of the church. You see? It stays, for, for most of us, it just all stays here. It never, we never take the resource out of the building to be applied in everyday life. And then he just goes right for the juggler. He says, you have to build. Have to build. He says, you guys, you're, you live in mansions, 
but the house of the Lord is in disrepair. You've neglected the, the number one priority. Well, what about my house? What about my things? What about the comfort of my family? And God, he values that. He actually wants your house to be a temple. Literally and metaphorically, your mind has got to be set on the temple. Like, that's got to be your number one priority. Not your paneled houses. Go up to the mountain, bring down wood and timber, and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. That's, that's the whole purpose of it. Moses and Aaron, they built the tabernacle for the name of the Lord. Solomon built his father's temple for the, to be a house for the name of the Lord. So the Lord's name could be proclaimed. That's the number one priority. It should, should be our number one priority in life. You were expecting much. Right? Okay, how many, I, I've heard this like, in pastoral counseling uh, and even hanging out with friends, uh, especially people around my age. Like, they graduated college, they, done all the, they, they had all these major dreams and these visions, and they, they'd, done the, they'd done the stuff. They expected much out of their life, and now they're looking back on their life and they're disappointed. There's a huge level of disappointment in our culture because our society is saying that we ought to be living and acting and, and being a certain way, and we haven't realized that, and so we have this disappointment. This, this, it's like a, I'm just not content, and I don't know why. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be a little. You expected... Your 401k to pay off, but it turned out to be little. You expected this job to fulfill you, but it turned out to be little. You ready for this? You even expected the romantic relationship to fulfill you, but it fell short. What you brought home... Ready for this? This is tough. What you brought home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. So back to my friend. I, my friend, my best friend. He says, I am so thankful that I wasn't successful out of the gates right out of college. I'm so thankful that God kept me from that level of success because I wouldn't be serving him today. God blew it away because God loved him because he made a decision in high school to serve the Lord. He was marked by God and God saved him from prosperity. Isn't that crazy to think about? Now, he's prosperous now. He's very prosperous now. But man, he just, he just, he's a guy, he likes toys. And he likes very fast cars. 
He would have a car museum right now if he would have gotten lucky. All right. The Lord blew it away. The God did it. God, because right, it's all about favor. It's all about blessing. We, us charismatics, we preach this all the time, right? God wants to bless you. Of course he wants to bless you. But he doesn't want to lose you either. He's not going to give you the keys because he can't trust you. Because my house remains in ruins. Literally, there's a, little, there's a literal temple that remains in ruins. And metaphorically, our spiritual life remains in ruins. We're not willing to do the work. We're not, we're not obeying what Haggai said. Do the work. Be faithful. Go up to the mountain. Get the wood. Bring it down. Build the house. Get to work. Look, deep spiritual change requires work. To change your character. For God to give you more sign gifts, it requires you to do the hard work, develop your character, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Therefore, because of you, okay, another thing we talk about all the time, heaven on earth, right? Heaven on earth. It's Jesus' prayer. It's the most powerful prayer on the planet. At, on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're after, folks. We want to open up heaven a little bit. Like Ezekiel, I got, the, I got a really cool, remember that cool picture that I showed? Somebody gave it to me. He actually printed it off for me for a Christmas present. Somebody in the church, I love it. But Ezekiel sticking his head into heaven because that's reality. This physical world is not reality. That's reality. That's what we need to either get into or pray down here. Get it down here, pull it down. Heaven on earth, kingdom of God, here and now, right? Don't you want that? I hope so. Heaven on earth is is what every Christian should desire because that's the message of Jesus. Jesus' message was that of the kingdom of God. John's message, John the Baptist, his message was one of repentance, but Jesus' core message was heaven on earth, kingdom of God, here and now. A little bit of heaven, maybe a lot of it of heaven. We want to get as much heaven here and now before we die. How much heaven can you get in your life before you die? Not enough. You think about that. Now, you, you, you start heaven the day you get saved here on the planet, not when you kill over. Thank you. Right? Okay, okay, ready? Now this is, hang on. Hang on to your seat, whatever, grit your teeth. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields. He's not speaking, it's, again, this is, this is literally metaphorically, because of you, because I can't trust you, I'm not letting heaven come down. Because you can't handle it. I gave you keys to the car, you're going to crash it. You're still driving Mr. Toad's wild ride. You're not mature enough yet. Wow. Because of you, I have withheld the dew from heaven. 
Like we pay a, I mean, God is sovereign. He does whatever he wants. He can violate your free will if he wants to. He'll come into your life and mess things up. But then again, he's a good dad. He wants us to make the right decisions. All right, I need to get the band and the ushers to come to the front. Chapter 2, verse 20. Zerubbabel was the governor of the, the province of Judah. Zerubbabel was Jehoiachin, Jehoiachin's grandson. Who is Jehoiachin? He's the last king of Israel. He's the last of the Davidic line. He's the last one that God had his hands on. And Zerubbabel is no longer an official king, but he's of the royal line. He, is, he brought 50,000 Jews out of exile back into Jerusalem. He is working with Ezra and Nehemiah. He's rebuilding the temple. He's rebuilding the walls. He's trying to be a good leader. For all accounts, he is a great leader. We don't know a whole lot about him, but this is what God says about the should-be king. Verse 20, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tells Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn the royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers and their horses. It's basically, I will overthrow people with nuclear power. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. On that day, he's going to align back into the messianic prophetic line of Jesus. And I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord. Back up to verse 19. It says, I will bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. Says to rubble, don't fear. Be strong, Zerubbabel. Don't fear. Don't give up. Tap into Jesus, is what he's saying. He's making him his signet ring, his authority, his power, his resources. A signet ring was a, another form of a credit card back in those days. We have the ability through Jesus to be God's authority on the earth. He wants us to trust us with much. And we just need to listen to one of the last prophets that said, go up to the mountain, get your resources, and begin to build. Build your spiritual life. It's going to take time, it's going to take energy, it's going to take money, it's going to take the ability to 
work on your character, mind, body, soul, and spirit. You've got to develop yourself. And he's going to continue just to release more. And from this day forward, he's going to continue and continue and continue to bless us. So be strong, says the prophet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for meeting us here this morning. We thank you for breaking the chains of depression that's kept us from moving forward. We thank you for bringing down revival fire into a little church in Claremont. And we thank you for the ability to see your, your future plans that gives us security. God, we're, we're so thankful that you are a God that cares and that you're loving. And that you tell us to be strong. Because someday you do want to give us the keys. Thank you, Father.